one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast live from Wimbledon on day four of Wimbledon. It is 10.45pm and play has just been stopped for the night on Centre Court due to the hashtag curfew, the famous Wimbledon curfew. And the status of play, I'm sure you all know this at the time of stoppage, is Andy Murray leading Stefanos Sitsipas by two sets to one. If he's not already in an ice bath, I suspect he's going to be in one within within a minute and a half because about a minute and a half before they stopped the match due to the curfew, whilst Andy Murray was trying to serve out that third set, he slipped and seemed to cause himself a bit of mischief. We don't know how much mischief on his hip. I've said Andy Murray and hip in the same sentence and it's, it's making me wince. Um, he got up, carried on, served out the set... All sorts of drama, and that's only in the three sets that we've seen so far. We're going to be back, and we're going to do it all again tomorrow. It's it's going to be fun. If it's anything like tonight, it is definitely <laughs> going to be fun. Yeah, I think uh, I'm already worried about lying in bed tonight, wondering how Andy Murray's hip, stroke, groin, stroke, thigh, whatever it is that he that he hurt there is going to is going to hold up tomorrow because you know sometimes these things are okay in the moment and they can they can really hurt the next day because gosh I hope he's all right because the tennis that he is playing and honestly the tennis that Stefano Tsitsipas played as well is probably the best I've seen this tournament I would say and I didn't know that Andy Murray had that level in him I didn't know that Stefano Tsitsipas had that level in him in this moment that he's in in his career Uh, obviously we've seen him play like this before but not not for a while certainly not since the Australian Open he was brilliant tonight I thought Sitsipas hitting his forehand so hard going after Murray's second serve composed focused none of the none of the drama with his box like there so often is uh, in his matches at the moment I thought he was fantastic and for Andy Murray to withstand that level and get himself into a couple of tie breaks which felt like the only chance he would have to to try and break the sits pass you know serve get a few points 
on return there, which he did in that in that second set tie break, just goes to show the level that Mario was playing at as well. Because that was that was high quality, fun, dramatic stuff. Yeah, unfortunately for Stefanos Tsitsipas's mental health, emptiness seems to really suit his tennis, doesn't it? He was sensational tonight. That David, that looked like a match so far between two top five players to me. It was so high quality. Yeah, it was high quality. I think surprisingly so to some degree from both sides of the net. I mean, Sitsipas just don't really think of him as a grass court player and but he started that first set he was moving really well he was also very clever I thought I was listening to some of the commentary on BBC radio and Pat Cash was pointing out how he was going with his forehand to the Murray forehand a lot you know we're in a position you would normally hit inside out he was going the other way he was hitting inside in and he was hitting so many winners or just pushing Murray into that corner I think probably thinking a bloke with a metal hip can't keep going that direction for the next three hours. And it was paying off for him. What I didn't expect was Murray to, to improve. To improve the way he did in the second set. To suddenly start to find movement that we really haven't seen from him at Wimbledon you know, in eight years. And then the serve took off. I mean, the serve in that third set, I had a look at the statistics... He was getting 60% of the first serves in in the first two sets. In the third set, he was getting 86% of them in. He just, it was just rolling over with the new technique that Matt identified yesterday. And, and now, that, now that Matt has identified it and got Andy Murray to admit to this new technique... Well, it's you so, did that. It, it's so obvious. <laughs> it looks really different. Mm. Yeah, Not it that does. it wasn't a great spot. It was, <laughs> but obviously, you know, once you know, you know. Um, yeah, just... I mean, sit to pass, sit to, that's what Sitsipas should be doing on a tennis court, looking like a bully. Yeah. His ground strokes are so big, and I know the backhand is a weakness, but if he's hitting his forehand and serving that big, he can protect the, the weakness of the backhand. And I thought it was, it was staggering to me that Andy Murray was able to hang with Sitsipas playing that well from the baseline. I was thinking... Andy Murray needs to make this more of an Andy Murray match. Make it more. Ooh. The grounds will be closing in around 15 minutes. Okay. Please make your way to the exit gates and make sure you take all your belongings with you. We hope you've enjoyed your day here at Wimbledon and wish you a pleasant and safe journey home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Don't worry, that doesn't apply to us. <laughs> we don't get locked in. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're not going anywhere. Um, what was I saying? Uh, the sit to pass forehand and serve. Yeah, I thought Andy Murray need to make it, needed to make it more cat and mouse. Hmm. Needed to make it messier and to try and get up in sit to pass his kitchen and start scrambling some eggs. Um, <laughs> And he started to do a little bit more of that towards the end of the second set. But still, when, when Sitsipas is serving like that and hitting the forehand like that, there's not many eggs available for, for scrambling. <laughs> You're very determined to keep this analogy going. <laughs> it works. Yes, it works. Um, and, then, I- and then just managed one game of scrambled eggs at the start of the third set to break the Sitsipas serve. After the bathroom breaks and the booing... Booing on centre court, folks. Be still my heart. It was wonderful. <laughs> Just one lapse of concentration for Sitsipas when his eggs were momentarily scrambled and that was enough for Andy Murray to, to serving as he was, as you said, David, 
serve his way through that third set. Yeah, he won 11 points in a row in a little stretch there, Murray. End of the second set tiebreak to building a, a two-love lead in in the third set. And that's that's the difference between them at the moment. And yeah, I think, I think Murray was probably a bit annoyed by the length of the bathroom break in that he you know he came out first and very intentionally sort of went out to his baseline position he was ready Sitsipas did get booed may have just affected him a little bit because there was there was a little drop off in level there for a moment Murray pounced took advantage and uh, yeah he, he he managed to maintain that break for the rest of the set so yeah, key little moments in five set matches are what you know what makes it so fascinating. It is it is a marathon, but little moments can can be so decisive. And now they get to come back tomorrow. We're waiting for the new order of play to drop. The customary thing is that the match to be completed goes on second. Yeah, it, it will be inserted into the existing order of play second on. We'll confirm that I assume over the course of this show, and we have had confirmation, haven't we, from the referee's office that provided the weather is fair tomorrow, the match will be played. The resumption of the match will be played with the roof open. Yeah, not like what happened in 2019 uh, when was it 2018? 20- when Djokovic against Nadal in their semi-final played first half under the roof. Uh, came back the next day and it resumed under the roof in order to con- keep consistent conditions. And it didn't feel right at the time, did it? I think that was a kind of figuring out as you go kind of situation. So I was I was pleased to hear that, you know, the roof will be open tomorrow. They're insistent that this is an outdoor tournament and matches are played outdoors wherever they can be. <laughs> Unless... <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it didn't feel right to me that that match started under the roof tonight. It was it was seven thirty, I think, around about there that they started. There was an hour and a half still of play that they could have got got done outside, and that that could have been enough to finish the match. I mean, it's unlikely, very unlikely, but it's possible. Uh, yeah, I think that's a tough scene for them to be starting that in those in those conditions I know they want it you know so that they don't have to interrupt the match halfway through but it doesn't feel right to me this as you said this is an outdoor tournament uh, you close the roof if it's raining or if it's dark and it was neither of those things Andy Murray would have been pleased that totally. that match wasn't interrupted by a reef close I mean in the end it's been over interrupted by night time um, but we know he gets stiff when uh, when you have to sit on the sidelines waiting for the roof to be closed. What's going to happen tomorrow? Will Andy Murray make an omelette out of Stefanos sit to pass? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say I, I think Andy Murray, you don't know how he's going to come out. I mean, look, that was a nasty fall he had at the end of tonight. We don't know if he's... Do- well, it wasn't a fall. It was a sort of change of direction, wasn't it? It was a nasty moment, of, of, a scary one. He falls on the ground. I think... My first instinct is it was shock, it was fear, understandable feelings, and you just hope that he hasn't done anything that is going to Im- impact him tomorrow. My sense is that he has now found what he's looking for in his form. You, who knows, he may, he may be a little bit tentative tomorrow when he comes out, the way he was tonight. He'd be fine tonight and Sitsabas was just better for us for in the important moments for a set you want that Murray from his perspective 
that took over in set two because Sitsipas actually couldn't really stay with him in the second two sets. And uh, I, I think that Murray will get this done now from here. That it's so The efficiency that we talked about a couple of nights ago, it's so important. If he'd have not won that second set, I don't think... I don't think he's coming back. Or if he is coming back, it's cost him his tournament. Because he's not going to get through five sets against Tsitsipas and rebound and then start winning again. He needs to be getting these things done in the minimum number of sets. And I was very impressed. I thought after he dropped that first set, I I thought he's in trouble here. Mm. Because I thought Tsitsipas would actually get better. And he didn't. He sort of stayed more or less the same level. It was Murray who elevated. And I think that's a massive testament to his fitness and his freshness. Marion for me, yeah. Assuming, assuming the groin is okay. What a sentence. <laughs> uh, Laszlo Jera awaits the winner of that match in round three, right? Because Ben Shelton got taken down by Jera, so Jera enjoying playing playing serve and volleyers. I saw the end of the third set of that. The, the they were. I was just going up to um, to the hill to uh, join my old friend Des from uh, my childhood who was here with tickets today to watch, I watched the first set of the Murray match D- Des on the hill. without whom none of us would be here today yeah yeah he, he rescued really? me from the lost law years uh, by telling me to butt my ideas up <laughs> and, and go back <laughs> and on, reta- retake all my exams anyway I was on my way to join him to watch on Henman Hill the first uh, set of Annie Murray very enjoyable I'm not really built for Henman Hill got to say sitting in those sort of small spaces uh, with your knees next to other people um, <laughs> imagine other people next to you yeah, felt. they didn't behind look, you there was a sort of ring of space behind me where people you, couldn't see do you hear people groan when you arrive there was a bit of that. in that in that sort of yeah, scenario theatre cinema yeah. hill oh god do we yeah. have to do you have to sit there Plain. um but anyway I, on the way past i spotted that Jarrett and Shelton were at one set all, three points all in the tie break. So obviously, I've got to stay for the rest of that tie break. Correct. And there was the, some all the rules. There, I mean, and Shelton had some moments. He was celebrating wildly. He thought he'd got him. You know, he thought he'd got him in that third set. And Jarrett just managed to turn it around. And that was the match right there. Um, and yeah, Jarrett's now had two close matches against Cressy and Shelton. Come through some really tough tie breaks. So he's tight, match tight. I just think that game style is so different to what Murray would provide for him that, um, yeah, that's a different test. So Andy Murray and his hip now have to sleep on being one set and one omelette away from Laszlo Gera for a place in a Grand Slam second week, the first one since Wimbledon 2017. Incidentally, I would like to interrupt this broadcast um, to bring you beer news because a theme that has developed in the live chat while we're doing the live YouTube shows is uh, people enjoying the the race to see who finishes the beer first. Well, there was a dastardly move in the beer race today. Matt took out my beer altogether. <laughs> like seconds before we went on air. Yeah. Mm. If, if you could if you could smell us right now, there would be a heavy stench of beer in the air. Uh so yeah, that's why I I, I suppose it was a it was a helping hand in the beer race because I started so far down. David had to donate me some of some of his beer. Yes, I but did. anyway, just... I got a bit offended by the chivalry is dead comment the other day, so I thought <laughs> okay, I'll make up for it now. 
yeah. Anyway, so I'm not sure this is a, a level playing field in the beer race today. No, I, all, think, I think it's null and void tonight. All bets are off. How is the 90s off going between David and Matthew in the newsletter? Uh, it is 4-3 to Matthew. No one has answered a question today. Okay. Yet. Mm. Well, I'm looking I forward to that. I love the 90s off. Yeah, we love the 90s off. King of off. the 90s. I would, say it's, I would say it's advantage David tonight. Oh. Yeah, we've done a question which we think David will get and Matthew it's won't. A, it's but a then real we, test. If Matthew gets it right... We thought the same about David's the Roger trouble. Federer 99 question. So mm. we could be wrong. We've, we've underestimated you in the past, David. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Sorry, I meant overestimated, actually. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, back to the tennis, folks. And while we're on the subject of the YouTube, do like and subscribe. Yeah. David's, David's kids are giving me instructions about how, like how, to, how to be young on YouTube. Um, should we stick with the men, seeing as we're here already? Biggest win of Liam Brody's career today. Five sets, six love in the fifth, over fourth seed Kasparud. He'll now play face Denis Shapovalov in round three. That match will happen tomorrow because... Rain and tennis. Um, I'm so pleased for him. I know. I know we're not supposed to. We're, we're supposed to be completely impartial here, and and you know we largely are. But how can you not be pleased for for Liam Brody? I know we had him on our podcast during the pandemic, and what was the line of his from that interview that you produced earlier, David? Well, he was talking at the time about how concerned he was about his finances because he at the time he was ranked a lot lower than he is now he'd been scrapping away on the challenger circuit just trying to find a way to make a living and then the pandemic comes along and it's really threatening his career genuinely having to consider whether he can keep going uh, by the end of the year if this doesn't improve the situation of tournaments not being there and he said but this has never been about money for me this sport he said i would play this sport for free that's how much he loves it. And so I I do feel I do feel emotional towards him when he when he has success and gets prize money and is able to make a sustainable living out of this sport. I mean he said in his press conference today, even now I don't clear that much by the time I've paid for a strength and conditioning trainer and my coach and, and all the things that I need to pay for, but He's making it a going concern, this career of his. He gets, I think, £130,000 for getting into the third round. And who knows? Maybe he's not done yet. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he got to the third round last year, I think, didn't he, as well? And obviously got, got the prize money, but didn't get the points. So it's a really big deal for him to be getting those points this year. That, that could be a real game-changer. And something I found fascinating in his press conference was him talking about you know he was on center court so he opened up center court that's a really big moment for him and he said that ever since he lost the junior final here at Wimbledon which was on court one uh, I think he lost to Luke Saville I think mm. um, and he said I choked it I absolutely choked that much away and I think guffed it was a was a word that he used as well um, and he said ever since then he's had a real problem playing big matches and big big courts he said it's haunted him his whole career he said he, I think he lost his first seven challenger finals and he said in all those big matches he, you know he's thinking about 
that other big match that he'd lost and he'd lost matches on centre and one before and finally today he was able to get that big win and what an amazing moment and what an amazing admission that something in your junior career Mm. can end up sort of following you throughout your pro career as well I thought I thought it was fascinating I was I was delighted for Liam Brody he's He's one of the good guys. Yeah, and that's a sort of admission that highlights exactly why we all like him, isn't it? Because he's so human and so relatable. He feels like one of us out there trying to do superhuman things and compete with, compete with superhumans. You also went to Casper Rude's press conference, Matt. Yep. I, I was a bit wound up by this performance <laughs> from Casper Rude. Lucky you didn't go to the press conference. <laughs> because Why were you wound up? Look, he might never be a Wimbledon champion... But come on, Casper, you're 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 the fourth seed. Is he a bit too okay with losing? Yeah, he's this, too okay with losing at a Grand Slam. Right. It's Wimbledon. It's a Grand Slam. He wasn't tanking in that match, but his level of competitiveness in that fifth set and focus and dialed inness was not becoming of a world number four. I don't think. He looked like a man that had, was thinking about his next The weekend concert. <laughs> well, I have news on that front, oh which God. which I will get to. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a... I can't wait. <laughs> there was a 12-minute game in that final set, which felt like the match, really. Rude, Rude was already down a break. Uh, he was serving. Brody was throwing everything at him to try and get the double break. He did get the double break. And then after that, Rude's resistance really did fall off. Uh, Rude, Rude came into press and the, the part of his press conference I didn't like, I would echo what you said. He said, no, oh, it's my best Wimbledon. And he said he was pretty happy with how he played. And he said he thinks that Liam Brody is a better grass court player than he is. Even Liam Brody was a little bit dismissive yeah. of that idea. Yeah, In, he, he said, I think... Basically, you're saying, I think he should be a bit more ambitious than that. Right. So so I sort of... Yes. I sort of quizzed Kasper on on a couple of things. I said, does he intend to play this schedule every year on grass? Or is this a... This schedule of weekend concerts as only, a build-up to Wimbledon. Yeah, and golf. What, what will he do when the weekend isn't on tour? Exactly, yeah. Well, he basically said that he intends probably to keep this schedule the same to take a break after Roland Garros before Wimbledon he, he mentioned that he uh, that he wants to play the clay court tournaments after Wimbledon they're, they're important to him because he loves playing on clay so much and he all the time he was absolutely talking down his own game on grass he was just saying that he can't really do it so I said well people used to say you were only a clay court player and you've managed to conquer hard court so why can't you do it on grass as well is it you know is the season just too short that you don't think it's worth it and and he did make an interesting point that he feels he feels the way he plays he's actually I think I think it's in his head I think he's worried about getting injured on the grass he feels like he would have to change the way he sort of moves out to his forehand because he you know it was all a bit technical but he, he, he sort of plants that leg and he's worried about sort of 
the movement on grass, basically, and he doesn't want to have to change it just for a specific little swing. Well, yeah, you are more likely to get injured on grass if you only play one or two matches on it per year. <laughs> this is all self-fulfilling. Mm. Uh, but it was, you know, it was interesting. Re- it really winds me up. <laughs> I'm t- I told you it was a good job you didn't go to that press conference. It would have ruined your day, as I am, as I'm now doing by <laughs> relaying it to you. Anyway, I had to had to get one last one last question in, and I said to him, "Are you going to the weekend concert?" In, in London because you know you're now out of Wimbledon and he reminded me that he is still in the doubles and now I'm convinced that's the only reason he entered the doubles so that he would still be around has he ever played doubles before <laughs> <laughs> so he is going to the weekend concert tomorrow and yeah I mean Kasparud is is living is living his best life I think to be fair who's his doubles partner because they should probably book a ticket home on Saturday <laughs> somebody I've never heard of I have to say right <laughs> okay someone who's going out in round one <laughs> I've no idea who it was but it did have a bit of a sort of Mark Lopez Nadal feel <laughs> um, Stan Rinker won today and booked a third round meeting with Novak Djokovic which is what we wanted to see this is the only slam where they haven't played I believe and it will be their first meeting in a slam for a number of years and on paper okay, I'm not suggesting Rinka is the guy he was in 2015-2016 but still match-ups are match-ups that was exciting to me when I saw it in the order of play I know you want to get pumped about this, David. I do, yeah. So I am so just going to stop you right okay. in your tracks and throw some cold water oh. on your anticipated pumpness with, with a quote <laughs> from Stan Marinka's oh, press no, conference today. ruin it, Stan. This is a word-for-word quote. Okay. There's zero opportunity to win Wimbledon for me. I think I'm happy to have won today again I think it was a great match I'm playing better each match and as I say I think it's an honour to play Novak here I was missing that in my career to play him in a Grand Slam in Wimbledon that's the last one I never played him and it's going to be a difficult challenge hopefully I can make a competitive match but if you look at recent results I don't really stand a chance are you gonna are you gonna go in on that in the same way you're a going bit. in on Kasparud? Uh, Mate, you're a three time Grand Slam champion. <laughs> Can I just suggest to you that those mind are games? spectacular mind games? Absolutely. He's not a mind game guy. Stan Varenka is not Kasparud. Stan Varenka <laughs> thinks he's gonna win. In his Does heart. Does he? In his, he hasn't he beaten him in all of the other three? Yeah. Yeah, he's won four of their last five matches at Slams, I think. Well, you think that's you think that's a mind game? Yeah. Absolutely. He's got nothing to lose, has he? You can say that. Put all the pressure on Novak and then just come out swinging. Okay. okay. I mean, I don't think he's got any chance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's got much chance anyway. But, I mean, I, I would love him to play well. I tell you what, I am really quite impressed that he set this up. To yeah. come through two rounds... On the surface, he dislikes the most. Um, at the age he is, with the knees he's got, I mean, I think it's an incredible achievement. Now, there is somebody that, I mean, he's equally as unsuited for grass as Casper Ruud, equally unsuited as Casper Ruud, and always has been. And he hasn't improved that much on it over the years. He's incrementally got better, but he really has tried. Remember that... That year when he got Richard Krychek on board 
to consult just on the grass. I think he he did it with somebody else as well. Got another sort of super coach in just for grass. He's really tried. He's had the right attitude. That's the stuff, Casper. He might get there. <laughs> I mean, s- s- what we Sam should... was a late bloomer. We should also add that Casper has reached three Grand Slam finals. In the I think last that's where months. I cut him some slack. But that's the that's the thing. But maybe he wouldn't You're do a that. Big, you maybe this is a Grand it, Slam. Maybe maybe he wouldn't have done wouldn't do that if he started to throw all of his energy into Wimbledon as well. Is that then okay? Well, he doesn't know unless he tries. But I, su- I suppose... He threw all his energy into a, a, t- a South American tour with Rafael Nadal being his ball boy or something, didn't he? <laughs> and he admitted that that was a mistake mm. in, in hindsight. And he still reached <laughs> the, the French is, Open final. The thing is, we talk all the time, Catherine, a lot of those tennis players are pretty miserable. They are not having a good time on the tour. And that's a whole bigger, wider issue. Casper Ruud, if he wants to just have a few weeks of fun after reaching the French Open final, backing up the French Open final, I don't have too much problem with that. I would be more annoyed if he continued to just ditch grass forever in his career. I'm I'm absolutely with you. I think he should should try eventually. But right now, in this moment, <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel that bad about. I it. almost feel I think I'd have felt better about it if he'd just not come. I almost think it's a bit disrespectful for <laughs> for the fourth seed to come and have that attitude towards Wimbledon and a Grand Slam. I, I, I look, I I agree with you. I am disappointed that he hasn't got more ambition towards it, and that he didn't think. Do you know what? I want to have a right good go at this. I am disappointed. I agree with you. I mean, I think it's quite funny, but <laughs> but I don't want to see this year after year. No. It's, it's funny once. Right. Yeah. Well, you the know? weekend's not on tour next year, yeah. as far as we know, so <laughs> watch this space. Uh, in better news, Francis Tiafoe and Grigor Dimitrov set up a... We such a long time talking about someone who didn't really want to be here and is out of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, trying to move things along. Sorry. It's his fault. <laughs> Francis Diaffo is playing Grigor Dimitrov in round three. That's great. Is it? Oh, sorry, yeah. not is it great? <laughs> is that happening? That's I did happening. not know that. That's really excellent. It's really excellent. Yes, I agree. I'm delighted. Uh, other round three When's matches. That? I d- probably Who tomorrow. Can say, David? <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> when is anything? I have no idea when Actually, anything is. Actually, I think that one will be Saturday because Tiafo and Dimitrov, they've, they've both played, played two, two days, in, days a in a row. So I think that yeah. one is Saturday. Um, Taylor Fritz went out today. Who to? Uh, Mikel Ima on, he was on two the court sets behind to us. Yeah. Fritz was two sets to Fritz love up and he lost. was two sets to love up and lost. I don't know how I missed that result, but that is shocking. Was he injured? Don't think so. He didn't come to press. Was waiting for a press time to come through. Thought oh. maybe I'd missed it coming through. Checked to see for transcripts. There wasn't one. Maybe he wasn't requested. I don't know. I mean, Mikael Limer is talented. I've I've seen him, pl- but still, that is a really shocking result. I, I I'm really taken aback by that. And yet, I agree with you. On on paper, it's shocking, but it follows the pattern of Taylor Fritz's last sort of year now of of Grand Slam results. He, yeah. You know, he did He's very, got a problem. He did very well here last year. Reached the. You the did highlight finals. the other week. 
but since then, yep. it's it's been it's been early exits. I, I, he, I, not saying I called this, but when I interviewed him on the eve mm. of Queens, he didn't look right. He didn't look happy. Didn't look comfortable. There was a distant look in his eye. It's a bit of a shame. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's not conducive <clears throat> to to good tennis. Uh, I hope he's okay. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't his time. <laughs> it was very it was, briefly. It was briefly his time, mm. and then it was time to leave. Um, so Taylor Fritz is out, Ben Shelton's out, so tough scene for the American men today. Unless anybody has any other submissions, I would like to move on to talk about the women. Just to say, I think Daniil Medvedev is is in a good place overnight, and I... I thought he might be out of this tournament today facing Andrew Manorino who who he'd lost two three times out of four on grass in the past. Uh didn't see a lot of this match because we were obviously focused on on Mario Sitsipas but that to me suggests a step up from Medvedev to be leading Manorino two sets to love. He was up a break. He he really I did see the game where he totally threw away his serve in in that in that third set and then and then did some sort of slight trolling where he basically wanted the match to finish for darkness and seemed to call the physio in order to sort of <laughs> in order to sort of facilitate that some more time would be taken and they would have to go off the darkness. Um, but generally, that's a pretty impressive scoreline for you, Medvedev. I think. You say we didn't watch this match, but we actually did watch everything that you need to see of this match. It hasn't finished. It, it of course, comes I've back to resume tomorrow. Highlight. But we did, we did actually see <laughs> the only highlight that there will ever be from this match, which was Adrian Manorino hitting an underarm serve that bounced before the net. That's humiliating, isn't it? <laughs> Matt and I had it had the stream up on Matt's laptop in the <laughs> centre court press seats while watching Andy Murray, and we just kept on looping it back and watching it over and over again. I also think we sort of chef's kiss slightly watched it through the eyes of our cameraman Matthew as well. Yes, cameraman Matthew is adamant that he doesn't want to be seen or heard, but he turns out to be a guy that has a penchant for a flat backhand and if you've got a penchant for a flat backhand Medvedev Manorino is the place to be and that's exactly where he was would you accept a flat backhand <laughs> list as a sort of side deal from Matthew sure <laughs> I, I okay. encourage all lists we'll, we'll let you know on the flat I'm the only one who hasn't list. got a list <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Moving on to talk about the women's matches today, there was a period of about three hours this afternoon, maybe more, where it was banger after banger after banger in the women's draw. There was some extraordinary tennis, extraordinary drama and extraordinary quality. Had two deciding set tie breaks in the space of about an hour and a half. And David, you had the most unbelievable match on court number one, which you got to commentate all of from the best seat in the house in the company of Tracy Austin. Yeah. Good day for David. I felt very lucky today. I felt really privileged today to be watching... I mean, I got to commentate on two amazing matches today. We'll come on to the other one, I'm sure, in a, in a minute. But let, but let's concentrate on that one. Not if one. we keep talking about Casper Ruiz, <laughs> <it won't. laughs> So, yeah, I'm there on court number one with Tracy Austin watching Donovic against Sloane Stevens. So you've got Pam Shriver in the coaching box. I'm sitting next to Tracy. The two of them used to have all sorts of battles in the day, uh, quite a rivalry, and <laughs> I don't think they always got on famously. <laughs> although in most in, in recent years, I think that, that that's changed. Um, but it was so interesting to hear Tracy's takes on what we were watching because of how the match went. And you know, she's watched these two players for years, particularly Sloane Stevens, even more closely than I think we have. We, we we're real sort of super fans of Sloane Stevens because of what she's capable of doing, the US Open run, maybe even more the French Open final that she led Simona Halep in and didn't end up winning. But for the first set and a half, or nearly two sets of that match, it was so exhilarating to watch Sloane Stevens play like that. She she did go 3-1 down, she sort of came out cold, but the intensity, you would have had her on the list temporarily. I did. I'm telling you. I did. And she's a weird one for consideration for the intensity list because, generally speaking, the intensity list doesn't include people that can turn it on and off like a tap. The intensity list is about people that would be intense if they were playing in their back garden. And 
Sloane Stevens is absolutely not that. She can look very unintense on a given day, but when she turns it on, when she dials in, it's irresistible. And the difference was, with that intensity came aggression. And I think Donna Vekic must have been in shock at what was coming her way because I think Vekic assumed with her big serve and her own attacking game that she would be the aggressor and that it would be a bit like, okay, not as extreme, but a bit like Sabalenka against Sloane Stevens, and Stevens would be the counter-attacker. And what was actually happening was Stevens was just teeing off and just taking her out. She was trying to, she was trying to hurt with every shot. And it was exhilarating to watch. She turned that set around from 1-3 down. She won it 6-4. She went 3-love up in the second. Donna was in tears. She was just so upset about, I think, her own performance. And frankly, I mean, it's understandable. She had 29% first serves in in the first set. A player with that serve, you know, and that would have had Pam pulling her hair out because the serve is where she does her damage. Then she goes 5-2 ahead in the second set. Stevens. And it's it's damage limitation, really, for Vekic at this point. It's make a serve for it, at least, which she did. She held. And then it started to change. And it changed with a wobble for, for Stevens. You've got to say she tightened. She started to be safe. She started to... That, that aggression started to desert her. She was waiting for errors. And Vekic wrestled that match away from her. And it was, it was a brilliant turnaround from her. And it, you know what? A lot of us have got Vekic going deep in this tournament, but that's, that match could still send her deep in this tournament because there's opportunity out there for somebody. Somebody that has to face Marketa Vondrosheva in the next round. Good player, but <laughs> yeah. still, you know, I know which one's more comfortable on this surface. Mm. I don't think Vekic likes playing lefties. Mm. So that's, that's a bit tricky. Mm. Um, but I thought Vekic was astonishing to turn that match around. The, the way she started belting, belting the ball. Unreal. Yeah. The quality was... I mean, we are court level in that commentary box right in the corner of the court and the tra- trajectory of the ball over the net. I d- you, so when you do TV commentary, you're supposed to be watching the screen so that you're not talking about something the viewer can't see. I just couldn't help but look out the window <laughs> because of the way the ball was flashing over the net. It was so good to watch. Yeah, and... She said uh, on the court, wasn't it, that she had a panic attack in that in that second set, and then she sort of expanded on that in the press conference afterwards, saying that Wimbledon to her is the most important tournament of the year. Shout out, Casper Rude, um, and and she Poor felt bloke can't get a break, <laughs> and she felt like she was playing really well coming into it, and. Then suddenly, she can't serve. She's having a bad day on serve. She's playing a sort of inspired Sloane Stevens. It's all, it's all going wrong very quickly in her mind, and she's having to manage those expectations that she's got of herself. So for her to, to turn that around in the middle of the match, I thought was an absolutely astonishing feat. And the and the scenes at the end. I mean, the emotion from Donna, the emotion from. From Pam. Well, they were celebrating like a title win. Now, and I and I don't have a problem with that because I think that a that is one of the best wins of her career to turn that around, and secondly, the land of opportunity that mm. that could open up. Well, mm. well, we all had her had her in our semi 
finals because because of the draw, didn't we? Although Sloane Stevens followed by Marquette Vondrosha actually sounds like quite a <laughs> difficult draw. But I, I, I agree, David. Vondrosha, no pedigree on grass at all. But I see her name in a draw and I think... On her day. What's happening there? Yeah. On her day, you never know. <laughs> yeah. She's so talented. She beat uh, Kudamatova today, which is a very, very good win. She's a grand slam under under performer, isn't she? She's kind of a Taylor Fritz hmm. of the of the WTA because she's she's so consistent elsewhere, but hasn't hmm. really done anything at slams. Let's talk about the other match that you commentated on today alongside Joe Jury. I that listened to a lot of that commentary. That Loved was fun it. time as well. Did not love seeing Carolina Mukova fall. And have to take an injury timeout off court. She might very well have lost this match anyway to Yulini, yeah. my future Wimbledon champion, uh, quarter finalist here last year. Of course, it was a cracking contest, a set all, nip and tuck. Nimai goes a break up at the start of the third, so she she's on top. She's too love fair and, and square. Thirty fifteen up. But then the curse strikes. Yeah. Then it was a horrible slip. One of those changes of direction for Mukova, and her legs went opposite ways a bit like we saw with Elise Corne uh, in her match and and this was immediately a problem and she went off the court she had the medical timeout, and it just seemed to get worse she she wasn't able she fair play to her for finishing the match I hope she doesn't do any further damage but it was I, I obviously desperately upsetting to see Karen Mukova of all people getting injured yet again hope it's not serious but I don't want to take away from what was a a compelling grass court match a real ex- display of players who know how to play grass court tennis I now understand why Hannah calls Yula Niemeyer a, a future Wimbledon champion based she got to the quarterfinals last year but it's not just the results it's what she's what she's setting out to do her instincts are to play grass court tennis she sees a ball there and it's on the back end and she will chip it and come to the net so will Mukova the difference was one of those players was played in match tight. I'm afraid Carolina Mukova had a bit of the Casper Roots, in, not in terms of necessarily attitude. I can't judge why. I don't know why she didn't play a warm-up event. But she was rusty. She was setting up point-winning opportunities and missing the decisive shot time after time after time. And I just think if she'd have got through this match and not had this slip, and I know there's a lot of ifs there, she'd have She'd not have been missing those shots. But Neymar's got a beefy forehand. She she has a really... It's not just brute, brute power, though. She loves to drag an opponent off the court with a cross-court forehand. It's got loads of work on it. And she's got a great slice serve out wide as well. Really good player. On this surface particularly. Yeah, I, I loved this match. I, I headed out to court 12 to be there. And it struck me that Mukova is kind of a touch player with a surprising amount of power and Neymar is a power player with a surprising amount of touch and it was it was a lovely matchup as as David said perfect on the grass and uh yeah Mukova was definitely rusty you know it wasn't it wasn't the Mukova the sharp Mukova that we saw beat Sabalenka at Roland Garros and push Igor Sviontek in that final and and yet it almost felt to me like she'd become a big match player after Roland Garros because Neymar was having all these breakpoint chances in the first set and every single time, pretty much, Mukova would come up with a big serve when she needed it. 
and she held from love 40 she almost held from love 40 again right at the end and it was it was the 13th break point of the set that eventually Niemeyer took to win that first set but then despite that Mukova bounces back wins the second set and it was just so perfectly set up for the decider I was so excited for it and I'd, I'd literally had the thought oh Mukova's not not got any strapping on this is oh. this is this is another <laughs> tournament in a row where we're oh. seeing Mukova without any strapping and then I was cursing myself because moments later Mukova curse strikes and as David describes she slips her legs go in opposite directions and she initially said she was okay Nima went over and said are you okay and she said yeah yeah I'm okay but she, then she took a few paces and realized actually I'm not and she started stretching it out and had an assessment on court then had to go off and came back and suddenly she was back in back in the strapping and 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 the match was kind of over at that point it was a real real shame because it had been it had been such a joy for two sets I mentioned matches that went to deciding set tie breaks. They involved Belinda Bencic, who went through uh, 7-6 in the third over Danielle Collins. Where's this come from, from Belinda Bencic? Yeah. <laughs> don't understand her at all. It makes me wish I'd been available to watch that as well. I, you know, There's a lot of catch-up that needs to be done. Uh, she plays Magda Lynette next. And the other match, uh, extraordinary match that went to a deciding set tie break, Caroline Garcia beating Leila Fernandez, I think 10-6 in the deciding set tie break. The hitting in this, it was so good. Leila Fernandez, look, she's great in her own right, but she makes such a good opponent. She makes good matches. And this was fantastic. And of course, look, it's only third round that she's won through to. But of course, Caroline Garcia is doing well in the Wimbledon when nobody picked her to do well last year she came in with all the fanfare had won Berlin we were all talking about her she'd won the WTA last year was Caroline Garcia's year when she was on our radar she's not on our radar this year Um, and it's only third round she plays Marie Buzkova next who of course was a quarter finalist last year who knows how far she'll go but it would be very Caroline Garcia if actually this is the Wimbledon where she tears it all up and wins the thing and any of us got finally in the reaches world number one as Andy Murray predicted <laughs> no I didn't even look at her no me either <laughs> um, mentioned Buzkova by the way she beat Annette Contivate today which oh. ended Annette Contivate's career um, we knew in the singles in oh oh my gosh is she doing a Kirsten Flipkins <laughs> <laughs> We ran for months. She it's not years. She is playing the mixed doubles, I believe, with Emil Rusevori. Hmm. Okay. Unexpected pairing. Okay. Hopefully, Lo- win it. Lots to process there. <laughs> yeah. The the mixed doubles this year is going to be wild. Mm. There are some. There are some pairings in the old mixed doubles. But yeah, Annette Contivate's singles career uh, came to an end today. She was presented with a little sort of trophy type thing, an ornament and emotional scenes, as you'd expect. Really sad that she's having to put such a premature end to an incredible career. World number two, of course, and we wish her well. So it will be Buzkova against Garcia, Bencic against Lynette in the next round. We also have Svitolina against Kenin. Mm. Mm. kind of love that match yeah 
Kenin, very impressive to back up a mm. back up a big win. That's always something we look for when when someone has a, a big moment, a big win, as, as as Kenin did the other day. Took care of business in straight sets today, and Svitolina beat Elise Mertens in a in a six one one six six one scoreline. Um, I think it was one of those where. Certainly, for the first two sets, they they just simply did not play well at the same time, as the as the scoreline suggests. I was in a bit of a David Law situation where I was I was I was on court twelve, which is right next to court two, so I could hear the match, but <laughs> but but I could not see it. Uh, but it sounded it, and I was I was told afterwards that uh, Svitolina really stepped up and, and played well in that. And that deciding set, despite an eye problem, she had a she had a medical timeout for her eye uh, during the second set. But yeah, there's um, there's a strange, quite fun statistical quirk that ended in that match, which was that Elise Elise Mertens had never lost in round two of a slam, and she played twenty second rounds of slams. Like only her and Billie Jean King and uh, Chris Everett I think had, had won that many straight second rounds she's lost in round one right? she's lost in round one she's lost in round three but she was sort of unbeatable in, in <laughs> round two and personally I always find it a shame when a when a fun statistical quirk comes to an end I remember being I remember being gutted when Ostapenko ruined her spectacular Roland Garros record of round one, win the title, round one, round one. She then she then did something really mundane, like losing round three. Yeah. Sort of ruin it forever. So What's the point of that? Exactly. <laughs> Either win it or go out in round one. Ostapenko lost today, by the yeah. way, to Saronica Steyer. The handshake was immense. Oh. Mm. And okay. they used to be friends. Did they? Oh, yeah. Something has happened there. For the benefit of YouTube, should we recreate the handshake and David can commentate on it for oh, the yes, benefit please. of our listeners? Who are you? I'm Ostapenko. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a limp wrist, and my the eye line was and so far from Saranika Steyer's <laughs> yeah. eye line. There was, and there it was wasn't n- at the net. Ostapenko no. had already walked around there the was, other side of the net to her bag. There was never any risk of there being. Eye contact there. <laughs> Drive at all. by like the wrist, Her hand was sort of limply there. Like oh, if you want to sort of touch it, you can. But it was absolutely epic. Um, Elena Rabakina won today. Two straight sets for her over Elise Cornet. Banana skin avoided. This was another one where. Uh, there was an injury to Elise Cornet in the very latter stages of this in the second set. Actually incredibly similar to what happened to Karolina Mukova in that match earlier on today and that the sort of back leg got overextended and it looked like a sort of hip issue that she got very heavily taped up just to match the existing heavy taping that Elise Cornet <laughs> went out onto court with and seemingly always goes out onto court with. Um, but Re- Rebecca was very much in control, or certainly a set-up, and it was on serve in the second, wasn't wasn't it, at the time when this happened and would have been the, the heavy favourite to come through and win regardless. So that's Rebecca looking very much like a defending Wimbledon champion, serving incredibly well. And that's the that's the dynamite for Elena Rebecca. And I'm starting to wonder why on earth I didn't have her in my predictions I was so I was so wrapped up in this virus that she's had and her lack of preparations I don't know I, I can imagine Elena Rabakina just making us all of our preview content look 
incredibly silly over the course of the next two weeks because she's so good i kind of don't mind too much if she does because that means she's fully fit and we can get to enjoy watching her play yeah um but yeah it would have been nice if you'd have given us a bit of warning elena you know uh, she plays Katie Bolter next, who's through to round three at Wimbledon for a second straight year. She opened a bakery today, David, against Victoria Tomova. Oh, she she had a bagel. Six love Lovely. set. Actually, probably wasn't the best thing for her because she then lost the second set after winning the opener, six love. It was another one of those where nobody was playing well at the same time. <laughs> um, but on aggregate, I would say a really convincing win for Katie Bolter. And she will be big time underdog against Rebecca. But I expect her to make it fun and make it competitive. Yeah, I think so. I actually think it's hard to... Hard to do that against Rabatkina if Rabatkina is playing well. Like, Rabatkina feels like the perfect antidote to a, to a home crowd. Like, if she just, if she just serves like she can and mm. gets hold of a few returns. It's and, just one big shush, that serve, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and she's not going to give the crowd anything to latch on to. Mm. She's not going to do anything that's going to annoy them. She's just going to play her game and, I think, be... Be better. Than well, Casey that's the thing. Bolter. They're quite similar. She's just several levels better when she's playing well and fully fit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that. Sorry, party, yeah. party poop, Don. <laughs> uh, should we have a chat? But about, she might not be fully fit. Should we have a chat about what we've got coming now up I'm tomorrow? Oh, no. uh, because the new order of play is in, and as expected, Andy Murray and Stefanos Tsitsipas slot in second on centre court. It's a not before three p.m the resumption of that match and it follows on from Carlos Alcaraz against Alexandra Muller which is first on centre court tomorrow from 1.30pm so it'd be very unlikely (laughs) to be uh, before 3pm anyway Carlos Alcaraz would have to do something spectacular even for him but I guess you have to put the not before time on there just just for safety. Then it's Igor Shontek against Petra Martic. We have someone in our predictions who's picked Martic. If you'd like to laugh at them, subscribe to the Reggie. newsletter. Reggie is not back. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Reggie is back on. though. And uh, last on centre court tomorrow, the match in which Stamarinka has absolutely no chance at all against Novak Djokovic. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Court one tomorrow, Vavara Gracheva against Arena Sabalenka. Then it's Cam Norrie against Christopher Eubanks. Ons Jabur against, oh, I'm going to have to look up the name here. This one's a new one on me. By Zhuzhuan of China, 20 years old. Interesting. I will have a watch of her tomorrow. Don't know anything about her, if if that much isn't clear. Uh, two-time former champion Petra Kvitova against Alexandra Sasnovic. Tricky. Sasnovic is tricky. Can be awful, but can also be tricky. That's first up on court two tomorrow. Then the conclusion of Medvedev against Marinarino. Then Zverev. Then Shapovalov, Brody. And Caroline Garcia, Marie Buzkova is tomorrow. Sina Alice is on court three. That's interesting. Alice is... I can't say tricky again, can I? Tough. Playing well. Playing really well. Yeah, he, uh, he, he absolutely race through his match today which is helpful because he's got another another best of five tomorrow but I mean Yannick Sinner's draw has opened up so Massively. much because with, who's gone well Fritz 
mainly. But yeah, I, I think big threat, Casper Rude. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's fourth seed, so it messes up the. Dr- mm. <laughs> Back on Casper Rude. Look how that worked out. <laughs> Sina Alice is second on court three tomorrow. Then it's Pagula. And then Svitolina Kenin is last on there tomorrow. There are cracking matches all the way down. Court 12 has Kazakina against Azarenka. Mm. It has Musetti Herkac, Rublev Goffin. These are all fantastic matches. First on court 18 tomorrow, just behind us here, Marta Kostyuk against Paola Bedosa. And that order of play came out during Stefano Sitsipas's match against Andy Murray on centre tonight when Paola Bedosa was very much present i believe she left at the end of set two Mm. which would have been approximately 10 p.m 10 p.m so i've predicted marta costume (laughs) to win that match tomorrow um matteo bertini against alex de menor and there's loads of loads of interesting doubles on tomorrow there is is it bertini de menor yeah who knew i very nearly went for bertini you know for old time's sake gosh I hadn't realised that. That's a great match. Yeah. Although Berrettini, in his press conference, you know, he got a big win today against Sonigo, who he'd lost, who got absolutely thrashed by the other day. He kind of seemed surprised that he was fit. Like, he, well, he, me too. Well, yeah, same. And he was like, I really didn't feel like I was necessarily going to be able to get through best of five sets here at Wimbledon because. Yeah, he's he's just still recovering, so that doesn't that doesn't fill me with hope. He's been having whatever Stanford Rinker's been having. Um, so that's the order of play tomorrow. Just a, a quick one on Alcaraz, who's scheduled first on centre court tomorrow. That of course is a, a second round match due to the backlog. Marker, the Spanish newspaper, were reporting today that Alcaraz and team most displeased that Alcaraz wasn't scheduled today and that he will now have to play back to back matches. Yeah, don't have too much more to add on that, but that was that was a report in the Spanish. It's the Spanish first press. sort of little hint of Alcaraz being like, "I'm I'm one of the big guys now." Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. If he came out and said it, though, like if he said that publicly in a press conference, I think that would be a bit more. Given that it's all sort of slightly veiled in his his team sort of speaking on his behalf yeah it doesn't feel quite so strong for me but be interesting if tomorrow in the press conference he makes a point of saying yeah i feel like i should have played i I just don't think he will it's an no i don't think he will either it's interesting what i mean round one singles was completed at 325 today so it's quite Mm. a it's quite a flex to be publicly or openly peeved at not being able to complete your round two singles on the day when other people are trying to complete their round one interesting one we we've never seen any hint of ego from Alcaraz is what I'm saying and you know he's got the achievements like he can have a logo if he wants he's done stuff <laughs> wonder what he'll have he Look, probably already has one doesn't looking he? forward people to have it. logos but yeah, look, he can have one because he's got the goods to back it up. Um, that is it, I think. I have got one last thing on the agenda, and it says, Bedosa sits a past sex dream. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have run out of time. Oh, phew. Mercifully. Um, that was that was a thing that ca- that was talked about in their press conferences. Okay. It's a, it's a thing. For another day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like David needs not to be blindsided by it. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll do some. Prep Let's just work say I don't and... have any takes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say maybe first contact was made in that relationship prior to Rome. Tune in tomorrow or the next day or some other day, maybe, and we'll um, we might have time for that uh, scintillating agenda point. But for now, let's tell you about Erin, our lovely Wimbledon mascot. Let's tell you about Maisie, David's mascot. Yeah, sorry, Maisie, I completely failed with both Arthur Fees and Katerina Siniakova. Both were humiliated in straight sets. Uh, I've got Zenia, and we scored points with David Goffin today. Uh, but for a second set wobble, never in doubt. And Matt's got Darwin. And Darwin, you're in Reggie territory. We're in Reggie territory. I am I'm oh, picking good. picking one of the favourites for the <laughs> tournament tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Jean is sponsored by Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss. We have our top folks and executive producers, Jamie, Hannah and Drew. And we have shout outs, Matt. We have Trisha Fitzgerald. Oh, who Trisha? Is in Colorado. Oh, I've got a good friend from Colorado. Like John Fitzgerald, the former Australian tennis player. Yes. Double mm. specialist. Won the, won the career slam in doubles, I think. And like Patricia Bostrom, one of the founding members of the WTA. Very good. Who, I assume Trisha is... Is Trisha always short for Patricia? Trisha, let us know. <laughs> Other Trishas, let us know. <laughs> Thank you very much for your support. We've also got Brendan McHale from Dublin, Ireland. Like Christina McHale. Yes. Oh, phew. I had nothing. Well done, Catherine. And Brendan. <laughs> there's a bloke called Brendan that works for the ATP. There is. Yeah. Yep, saw him today. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bit and... like Brandon Nakashima, but that's a different name. So I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Um, and Dublin, lovely place. Yes. Thank you, Brendan. Cheers, Brendan. And finally, we have Lars Graf. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lars? Like Lars Graf. Like the umpire of the 90s and 2000s. Well, hang on, he's still around. <laughs> yes, but he's no longer an umpire. <laughs> what <laughs> is he now? He's now a tournament director of Beijing, the China Open. Yes, we did know that, didn't we? Yes. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, Lars. He is from Borstad, where Casper Rood will be heading in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, they can catch up there. Not before he's lost in the doubles and been to see the weekend play at Wembley. Uh, this has been the Casper Rood podcast, <laughs> live from Wimbledon. Thank you ever so much for listening. While I still have your, your attention, if you are with us on YouTube, please hit like and subscribe. Apparently that matters. And we'd be very grateful if you did that. And particularly David's kids would yeah. be very grateful. They think Indeed. I'm really cool. Subscribe to the newsletter because it's excellent and it's free. Why wouldn't you? Leave us an Apple podcast review. Tell your friends. And if you would like to become an official friend of the Tennis Podcast and support us year round with doing what we do, going to all the slams, producing daily podcasts, producing weekly podcasts year round and all the bonus content content or hashtag boco because I'm, <laughs> I'm a young youtuber now um then become a friend of the tennis podcast and the link to do that is in our show notes thank you so much for listening for watching however you are with us 
and we'll see you and speak to you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 